slides down the gullet and hits the old belly. It makes That's what feel. she said. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Shit. Well, I'll tell you one thing. And then thing. I woke up. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, if we've got some booze sliding down the old gullet, hitting the belly, that just means that you've tuned in to Untethered, a number 100, part two. Yeah. So um, we don't have any fun little word game or no word games. We what, decided it didn't fun? really fit. Yeah, like, like honestly, yeah. It's kind of weird. dark to start out with a fun little yeah. alphabet game. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you missed out on the uh, the first uh, one, 100, uh, episode 100, part one, um, we are covering the, and I say we, Allie is covering. We're a team. We're I, covering I it. I know, but Allie, Allie did all I'm the footwork, it. so I am not, yeah, I am not going to take any credit. <laughs> so, uh, Larry, would you like to take credit? Uh, absolutely not, because <laughs> I didn't do anything for this episode <laughs> okay, all right, or this cool. series. <laughs> all right. I just, I just remember shit as she goes through yeah. it, so... Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, and it really is kind of interesting. Hey, I how just asked you guys to show up and let me talk at yeah, you. Yeah, but, but I mean, at the same we're here time, for it. Yeah, 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 man. Allie has done a phenomenal job so far. Uh, I am heavily regurgitating the book Devil's Knot, but, but it's but man, it's so but good. it's still, there's a difference between literally reading from a book yeah, and talking like, it through. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. literally yeah. presenting something. Yeah. And she's, she's done a phenomenal job so far. I know that she's going to keep killing it. And uh, which I don't know, maybe I shouldn't use that phrase, Ooh. but uh, and I promise if <laughs> if you've not listened to part one, this one's going to be weird. It won't make sense. So yeah. like I, go back and listen. Part yeah. One. Um, part one's kind of heavy. The whole mm-hmm. case is kind of heavy. This episode is not as bad. This leans more into like the defendant's backgrounds and like starting to get into like trial stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's not. Hardly at all about the actual victims this time, so that'll be a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that's what we're doing for Untethered, uh, and th- like I said, this is one hundred part two. Yep. Uh, episode one hundred part two of probably five. The uh, probably yeah five. Of, of five. Yeah. Uh, for the West Memphis three and uh, so yeah. many numbers. Exactly. I know, right? Episode one hundred part My two. God, four twenty six. Probably five. Four twenty sixty nine. Like I don't nice. know. Fuck. Nice. <laughs> nice. But anywho, without further ado, Allie, take it away. All right. I have a. Little, I'm going to try to get through this whole chunk of notes this time. So okay. we will see. Rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Vicki Hutchison, the woman whose son was friends with the boys that got murdered. Her mm-hmm. son's Aaron. She's the one that just decided she uh, wanted to like get to know Damien and was going to be like a undercover agent just on her own. Mm-hmm. So Vicki Hutchison told Jesse, um, Jesse Miss Kelly, the slow one of the three defendants. Um, Vicki Hudson told Jesse that she wanted to go out with Damien. She told detective Bray and he told Jerry fucking driver. We're, we're, we're just, we're back in all the just fucking guy. Seriously. Uh. So, uh, Bray and driver thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Cool. Act interested in the occult. Get you some library books, leave them around. Driver even was like, here's a list of good, like books that will make you look like you're into the occult stuff. Yeah. You don't have a library card. You take my library card. Go ahead. What? What? What the fuck? So she did. (laughs) So Wait, Jesse, literally took the library card? Yeah, borrowed his library card because she didn't have a library card. What? Went and got a bunch of occult books and just like conveniently like propped them around her place. Wow. Okay. So Jesse brought Jason and Damien over to hang out with Vicki Hutchison and then Jesse left. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if Jesse drove or if he was walking. I, they were all so poor. I don't think Jesse was driving. Yeah. But um. I know Jesse did leave on foot and then like he could see her trailer from his. And in about 15 minutes, Damien's mother came and picked the boys up. Damien didn't drive. That's like a huge thing. Like it's like a known thing. Like he sort of made it a personality trait. Mm, okay. Mm. So Vicki Hutchison. We- weird uh, place to hang yeah, your hat. I know. <laughs> uh, Vicki Hutchison told Detective Bray and later the West Memphis Police Department that a relationship developed between her and Damien after that. And they had an eight day romance just with no sex, but it's very passionate. But it was just talking. Mm. Which is it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? And then he just casually told her that he's evil. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Um, 
Damien, she said, invited her to an SBAT, which is spelled E-S-B-A-T. Okay. Um, the dictionary says this is a gathering of witches. So she said Damien drove and picked I've her up. I've never heard of this term. Ever. I hadn't either. But it's in the dictionary. Like, it's yeah. in, like if you Google That's it. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, she said that Damien just showed up in a red Ford Escort and picked her up driving. And Jesse was with her. Took her to that, but it was just this, like, really creepy orgy with a bunch of people, like, who had their faces and arms painted black, and it was just, it was not for her. So she demanded he take her home. Mm. Jesse, er, Jesse also, but Damien doesn't drive. Yeah. No one in Damien's family has a red Ford Escort. Like, no no one they know has a red Ford Escort. Where are you getting from? from? it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. It didn't happen. <laughs> also, Jesse Miss Kelly said, yeah. what is she talking about? This didn't happen. Yeah. None of it made any sense. So, Jesse had no idea that Vicki Hutchison was talking about him to the West Memphis Police Department about the murders. Mm-hmm. A few weeks after the murders, he introduced her to Damien and Jason at her request. He thought it was odd since she was 32 and they were 18 and 16. He even agreed to stay at her house one night, four weeks after the murders, because she said she had heard there was a prowler. So he slept on the couch with a gun beside him. And remember, Jesse used to babysit her kids. So, kid. Um, So the next morning, Jesse wakes up to his father banging on Vicky's trailer door, saying Detective Sergeant Mike Allen wants to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And like, sure, go ahead. So Jesse gets dressed, leaves with Allen. Jesse didn't know what Allen wanted to even talk to him about. Didn't even know. Yeah. He said he wanted to ask Jesse some questions about those murders, but he would have to have Jesse's dad sign some papers. So even though his dad was who just, then they go to his dad's work to have his dad sign the papers. Mm -hmm. And on the way there, detective Allen told Jesse, there's a $35,000 reward. If you know anything, he tells his dad that, and his dad says, well, you know, tell the police anything, you know, and I, I buy a new truck. Jeez. This guy is what? just trying to do, you know, like yeah. he's so without consulting an attorney, Jesse Miss Kelly Sr., the dad, signed the form allowing the police to polygraph his son. Wow. And is the dad like Samesies? He's very abusive. Um like Jesse Miss Kelly's dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't just wasn't I don't, sure I don't if think he was, he was like, mentally slow or anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't sure. think he was. Okay. So Jesse signed a form saying he understood his Miranda rights, but he was only able to print his name. Like he can't even write his own name in cursive. Yeah. Really makes you wonder how much of his rights he understood. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. So according to him, he was told the polygraph could read people's minds and he was confused, but he wow. believed it. Yeah. Because like a lot of kids, they think that the police are on your side and that like, dude, the police can lie to you and they will. Yes. Like mm-hmm. there's no rule against that. So <sighs> after the polygraph, he said that they had asked him the same questions over and over again. And at one point, fucking Gitchell asked him if any of the, the victims were tied up. Jesse Miss Kelly said, that's when I went along with them. I repeated what he told me. At this point, he seemed to think it was a game. So I had to go all through the story again until I got it right. They hollered at me until I got it right. So whatever he was telling me, I started telling him back. But I figured something was wrong, because if I'd have killed him, I'd have known how I'd done it. Wow, (laughs) dude. This is coercion. Yeah. Beyond, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, dude. So here's a a quick, fast, little bulleted list of what all Jesse told the detectives. He told them that he had seen a picture of the murdered boys at a meeting of a satanic cult, that all the meetings, satanic cult meetings were held on Wednesdays, Uh that the group has had meetings before in Robin Hood, and that at those meetings, members built fire of paper and wood and stuff, and someone brings a dog, and they usually kill the dog and eat part of it. He's just making stuff I mean, like, seriously, what? The animal killings were part of a ritual, and that on Wednesday, the, the Wednesday the boys were killed, there was no meeting. And that a friend of Jason's would bring a briefcase containing a couple of guns and drugs, marijuana and cocaine. These people have no money. They're not partying There's, with cocaine. And yeah. no. Where are they going to get coke? Like, yeah. Right? Seriously. Like meth at best, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and that he had seen a picture of the three victims standing in front of a home, and that had come from that briefcase. And that Jamie, Jason and Damien are having sex with each other. And that Jason has a folding knife. And that Damien has watched boys in the woods where they were killed. And that Damien and Jason had called him three times about the murders. Once the day before, again the morning of, and a third time soon after the murders, quote, after dark, when he had heard Damien in the background saying, we did it. That's a lot of detail for someone that doesn't is not consistent with this kind of memory. Yeah. So he kept I mean, saying Jason and Damien killed, but he did not. Yeah. So Jesse was read his rights again and again without parents or a lawyer. He waived them. Your boy is 17. Okay. And again, with the mental competency of a third grader. Well, so well, weren't, didn't his parents waive uh, the, them being present? They, they signed off on him doing a polygraph. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So my question is, if if someone is like, can be tested and they test into the category of mentally slow or yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. you know, we would call it. Um, does that is there not some kind of legal thing? I, like it is it just, now it, it's mentally incompetent to right to well, like to face well, no, your, that's like face to stand trial right we'll get yeah, to that whatever. stand trial we'll, okay, we'll get to okay, that okay 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 yeah, because i mean like this just seems like yeah what no they till the last few years the yeah. death penalty was like it was legal to execute someone who was like previously called retarded back in the day sure like yeah what I mean, that's just uh, cruel, yeah. cruel and unusual. It, yes. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Even like if yeah. you're with the death penalty, like, sure, not, that's insane. No, well, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Exactly. Um, so he was interviewed for hours, but he was only recorded for 34 minutes. So for those 34 minutes, <laughs> oh. he answered questions from Gitchell, Ridge and Allen. Most of his answers were vague and were prompted by the detectives. There were a whole lot of contradictions. Several times, Jesse pointed to a picture of a victim and said the kid's name, but he gave the wrong victim's name. <laughs> uh, wow. A prompt, for example. Okay, so you saw Damien strike Chris Byers in the head? He never said that, but he answered, right. Yeah. Like, they're just giving him stuff, you yeah. know? Well, it's, I believe that's referred to as, what, leading the witness? Yeah. <laughs> Um, he said Damien hit Chris Byers with his fist and then Jason hit Stevie Branch and then Michael Moore ran. Jesse said he chased Michael Moore and grabbed him until Damien and Jason got there and then he left. This is what he kept, like everything he would tell, he would like make a little bit new story and be like, that happened and then I left. Like, I don't even know how many times he said, and then I left. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so through, I saw this and then I left. Uh -huh. So through his answers to a whole <laughs> bunch of questions, he said he saw Jason cut one boy in the face and another at the bottom. And then Gitchell was like, you mean his groin area, right? No. Right. That's not the same. But no, yeah, that's what I all. meant. Yeah, exactly. You mean you, you cut him on the chin? Yeah, that's what I said, his ear. Yeah. <laughs> so then Ridge asked, actually acknowledging Jesse's mental limitations, do you know what a penis is? Dude, you are only asking a 17-year-old boy that if you yeah. know that he has issues understanding stuff. Absolutely, dude. And Jesse says, yeah, that's where he was cut. And then Jesse said that Jason and Damien were screwing them and stuff. He's just throwing stuff in there, you know? Sure. Then comes all the time fuck-ups. Yeah. So they asked Jesse what time this all took place. He said about noon. And they said, was it after school let out? And he said, I didn't go to school. And they said, but the little boys, and he go, they, they skipped school that day. <laughs> and like, that was a no, like, no, they didn't. Like yeah. everybody knew they had been at school and then, yeah. Yeah. So everybody else knew that was wrong. He said he met David, Jason and Damien in the woods about 9 a.m. And the boys had been murdered around by noon. How, Which, is, how is anything that this cat's saying even like admissible in court and like, you're going to keep fucking asking like, that dude. Let like this is you. fucking wild. But it's yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ugh. And just a little spoiler. Jesse's a whole mess of a confession mm -hmm. is the only evidence they have against the guys. <laughs> like, well, and this is the confession. Yeah. Like, yeah, God, we're not even through it yet. 
So uh, he said he met Jason and Damien in the woods about 9 a.m. And the boys had been murdered by noon. Ridge said, uh, Jesse, do you wear a watch? And he said, well, it's at home. And they said, so you might not have the time exactly right. And he's like, yeah, I, maybe not. <laughs> so Jesse described the boys and he said repeatedly that their hands were tied. But remember, like their hands were tied to like their, their ankles. Legs. Yeah. yeah. All he kept saying was that their hands were tied. Yeah. He was like, so they could have just got up and run. And like, he even said that one of the boys was kicking his legs up in the air. Well, you ain't going to do that if you're hog Not tied. the way you're that's, tied. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, not where you're hog tied. No. Yeah. Ridge asked what would have stopped the boys from running. And Jesse said they were beat up so bad they could hardly move. Yeah. It's not the right answer, man. Mm-hmm. So he's asked a bunch of yes or no questions. And he eventually says yes to having seen any of the boys killed. So it's basically going back and forth. Be like, did you see anybody get killed? No. Did you see? No. Did you see? Yeah. Because he's realizing that the answer they're wanting is yes. Yeah. He pointed to Chris Byers. He said Damien had choked the boy with a big stick. There was no indication that any of the boys had been choked, much less that that's how they died. Yeah. And Chris Byers was the one that had it the worst. His neck was one of the few parts of his body that had not shown any trauma. Yeah. So, like, no. They they ain't getting choked. No. Yeah. The police took a 20-minute break with the tape recorder off. Jesse smoked a couple cigarettes. And then they had another interview with Jesse to clear up some discrepancies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh that's what you Yeah, exactly. Clear up some discrepancies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you didn't really fucking give us what you, we wanted. Yeah. So. yeah. Let's try this again. Yeah. Take two. Yeah, take so, two. So 27 <laughs> minutes passed before the tape recorders turned on again. This time, Jesse changed the time that he was so sure of in that first interview. He said it was 5 or 6 p.m. when the boys came up in the woods. And Gitchell said, you told me earlier it was 7 or 8. Which one was it? And Jesse said, yeah, 7 or 8. It was starting to get dark. <laughs> You just told us earlier it was the morning. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know the difference between morning and night. Because they cut school. Yeah. It's like, hang on. Nobody's in school at five or six, man. Or seven or eight. Yeah. So. So Jesse again said that he saw Jason and Damien rape two of the boys, who he identified incorrectly again when naming them and pointing at their pictures. Gitchell asked about several forms of sex. And Jesse said, they stuck their thang in their mouth. It was spelled thang in the book. Like, he's, he's so badly spoken yeah i mean like uh, and he clarified that was jason and damien uh doing that to the boys yeah but that the other way around hadn't happened gotcha um jesse had been at the police station for more than 11 hours after they questioned him the detectives took jesse to a holding cell later he said he was just too tired to keep talking at that point and just wanted to lie down nobody explained to himself or to him that he had implicated himself by saying he caught and held the one victim yeah so he didn't even know he was in any trouble. He thought he was just helping the cops. Quote, I figured they knew I needed a ride home, but my dad never did show up. That's just fucking sad, it's dude. It's so sad. Like. He's just sitting there waiting on his dad. It's like, no, man, you're you're not getting out of prison for almost 20 years. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. God, man. Yeah. All right. So Damien and Jason were arrested that night at Damien's house. And as soon as all three of them were in jail, the media was notified. So the next morning, June 4th, Gitchell announced in a press release the names of the three teenagers who had been arrested. He said they had been suspects since early in the investigation. Jason's mother was not even fucking told of his address. Arrest. Hmm. He was 16. What? He didn't even get to make his phone call. He had no attorney. And just to min- just to- just to throw this in, he was five foot eight and one hundred and twelve pounds. Like just Jesus. to remind you, these are not large kids. No, he's like a stick. Tiny. Five eight one twelve. Holy fuck! Jesse was five one and under a hundred pounds. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So a reporter asked Gitchell, on a scale of one to ten, how solid do you feel your case is? And Gitchell smiled and said, eleven. So Fogelman, one of the prosecuting wow. attorneys, he later said that they had next to nothing on the suspects at this point. They had taken hair, blood, and urine samples from Damien weeks before, had them all tested, and none of those linked him to any of the murders. They had Jesse's statement, they had Vicki Hutchison's weird statements, and they had statements from half a dozen or so minors and saying that Damien had done it. Uh, Vicky was the one that borrowed the library card and yep. stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Tried to be undercover. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So after that press conference, Jason's mother, Gail Grinnell, 
barged into Ridge's office and was like, what the fuck? Why is my kid being held? Like, for what? Yeah. Mm. And Ridge explained that Jesse had accused him of the murders. By this point, the family members of the victims and the accused had all been shown Jesse's statements. Like, that he just made fucking yesterday. Yeah. God. Wow. So, Gail focused on this timeline that Jesse originally gave and was like, Jason couldn't have been there. He was in school that day. Yeah. Ridge gave her a whole bunch of grief about having told Jason not to talk to police without a lawyer. Ridge said, we tape our conversations. Hardly. Yeah. And we don't put words in people's mouths like you're saying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She said that he she had already heard that the police were starting rumors about Jason before he had been arrested. Uh, She said she couldn't understand how anyone could believe Jesse's stories and since it had so many different stories within it. Mm -hmm. Ridge said it is very, very believable and close to perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. For for their fucking like police department. Right. I mean, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. This is the biggest clusterfuck ever. It's such a mess, man. And it stays a mess, dude. It's so, so... Municipal Judge Rainey, who had signed the warrants for the searches and the arrests the night before, he now issued an order to seal those documents from the public. But by now, there were already all these leaks, including Jesse's confession. Police had let a bunch of people see it. A TV news director said a woman called the station the day after the arrest to offer to sell them a copy of it, of Jesse's statements, for several hundred dollars. God. The next day, Saturday, a copy got to the Commercial Appeal, that paper that read the ran the details that pissed Gitchell off mm-hmm. first off. That Monday, their front page headlines read, Teen Describes Cult to- Torture of Boys, and <laughs> Defendant Miss Kelly Tells Police of Sex Mutilation. Jeez, dude. So even if you're just walking by a newsstand, you're seeing those headlines. Yeah. Even if you're not reading the paper. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. of the headlines across the other area papers in the next few days. One suspect was scary. It talked of worshiping the devil. Outburst in court by victim's dad reflects community's shock and rage. Worship of devil debated as motive in killings. Arkansas youths could face the death penalty. Guys. Jeez, dude. So the news made all three suspects out to be evil and creepy. Um, they said that Damien was carrying a cat skull around at school and he always wore black. Jason was, quote, into that devil stuff. And Jesse was tough and a bit troubled. Wow. So this is just fucking the court, the the court of public opinion. Is that what they say? Like, yes. God. No, I'm honestly, thank God. Social media didn't exist back then. Oh, dude. My holy hell. Um, also, the other uh, celebrity that was, like, the big one in it that I couldn't think of was Eddie Vedder from oh, Pearl wow. Jam. Yeah, Huge yeah. in it. Wow, so, like, okay. like him and Johnny Depp were the big ones, and then Peter Jackson funding stuff. Yeah. But um, the, the wearing black thing, when I was typing those notes, I'm wearing a black T-shirt right now, okay? When I was typing <laughs> that part of my notes, I was wearing a different black T-shirt and realized that I had worn one for the past three days before that. And possibly before that, I just couldn't remember further back. Dude, so there you go. I'm probably out here committing devil murders. I mean, I remember, like, specifically in, like, and this was out in fucking Granger County, man. Yeah. Like, I was probably in, like, sixth grade, and I'm looking at, like, eighth graders who, like, that was my brother's grade. Yeah. And, like, I think it was, like, fucking, like, Jinko jeans yep. and, like, you know, whatever, like... Whatever Nirvana and shit, and like it was just like one of those things that it was like, dude, that's just fucking kids being kids. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, it pisses your parents off, so you do it. That's like they tried to make combat boots out to be like this like huge red flag, and I'm like, I had combat boots when I was in like seventh grade. Yeah, it's like fucking who who gives a shit? Yeah, but anyway. So the, the news just keeps reporting all this little shit to make these suspects out to be satanic. They reported that Damien has the number 666 drawn on his boots, which I think was actually factual, but still like, so I have God. a devil tattoo. Yeah. He is cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, two boys claim to have heard about there being ghosts in Jason's house. So <laughs> what, even, what, even what kind if, of details are these? And even like, if there were, How's that Jason's fault? Yeah. He didn't pick where to live. He's fucking 16. A different, an unnamed girl was quoted saying she had seen Damien drink Jason and Dominique's blood. 
The girlfriend's name is Dominique. Like, you don't even have her name. What the fuck is this reporting? Okay. I, oh this is God. so infuriating to to just hear and write and... You know, it's, I hate this case, but I love this case. The most interesting thing about this yeah. is media hasn't changed. Nope. <laughs> so. so there was a Baptist minister that was quoted in a Jonesboro newspaper saying that he had witnessed to Damien and Damien rejected Christ and had made a pact with the devil and would be going to hell. And there was concern with Damien's reading habits. He had read Anton LaVey and no. some guy, I don't know if you guys have heard of, called Stephen King. No! 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 no, no fucking way. No. No way. Dude, honestly, and I'm I like, heard... We read Stephen King in our nerd book club. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I heard Stephen King, he wrote a book mm-hmm. called The Skeleton Crew. No! That automatically makes him Satan. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that is funny that you say it that way. We will be back to that. Okay, oh, in nice. this episode. Okay, cool. Uh, so I, obviously joking. I know, but, okay, I know, okay, but cool. uh, like, my part's not. Okay. Um, so back to the detectives. Uh, Detective Bray interviewed Aaron Hutchinson again, who's the eight-year-old boy that was friends with the other the three that were murdered. Mm. Um, and now mm. Aaron said that he was there the evening that the boys were murdered, and that he had witnessed their murders, among other details. He said Michael's neck was cut, and once he died, Jason removed his clothes and raped him, and that Jesse cut the private parts off of all three boys. And Jesse tried to chase Aaron, but Aaron got away. <coughs> Bray believed Aaron had witnessed the murders. Oh. We j- Vicki Hutchison herself just told us like that like he she didn't allow him to go that one day, and like they were so grateful for mm-hmm. it, and now we're just conveniently forgetting that. The I, fuck? What? So... Four days later, June 8th, mm. Ray questioned Aaron again. And now his details are even weirder. Now he says that Jesse called him the night before the murders and told Aaron to bring his friends to the woods and they would all do something. And then he said Jesse grabbed Stevie and ran him into a knife that Damien was holding. And then Jesse caught Aaron and tied him up. But Aaron was able to kick his way free. I really, I feel for this kid because I think he's... I feel for all these kids. I feel man. for everybody I in mean, this fucking literally, case. They're li- everybody is just being pitted against everyone else. I, I think it this kid, like. he's traumatized. Yeah. He's hearing all kinds of crazy shit around town. Yeah. And now he's being asked all these questions. And he's probably mm-hmm. just trying to help, you know? Yeah. God. All right. Mm. So part Holy two hell. in the book is the trials. So... Ron Lax is this private detective in Memphis. Ron Lax. No, we like Ron Lax. Ron Lax is on our team. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, all right. He's I private, just like the name. I know, I do too. Ron Lax. He's a PI in Memphis. He has his own investigations company called Inquisitor. Oh, nice. I like it. I like Ron Lax. Mm-hmm. So he had his assistant drive over to inform the court-appointed defense lawyers that if they wanted him, he would help. So okay. like, he's like volunteering to help the defense. Cool. Despite Jason's mother saying she would hire him a lawyer, she didn't want Jason talking to the police like on his own. Mm. She could not have afforded it. Like she couldn't afford like a few hours with a lawyer, much less what they're going to need for this. Sure. So at a hearing on June seventh, a state judge appointed pairs of lawyers to each of the defendants. So like each defendant has two lawyers to themselves. Okay. Most of these lawyers are in their mid thirties. Okay. One of them's twenty seven. So, wouldn't be considered, like, super seasoned. Spring chickens. <laughs> None of them had very much experience representing <laughs> clients go. in capital murder there cases. You go. There you go. So, there you go. There's this guy that just graduated yeah. law school, so... <sighs> this, this, uh, look, let's give him a bunch of fucking gum shoes. Right. Like, what? So, Jason's lawyers basically decided Jason was normal, and he didn't seem to be weird or mentally unstable. He was an average to good student. He had good attendance. He had no history of violence. Jesse was panicked and scared. He wrote his parents a letter begging them to get him out, saying he didn't do it. The Commercial Appeal, our favorite newspaper, Mm. printed part of that letter after Jesse's father showed it to them. Because Jesse's father's a good guy. Sure. Wow, man. His lawyer didn't believe his letter. Dan Sidham believed that Jesse was guilty. He said it was unfathomable to him at the time that someone would confess to a crime if he hadn't done it. How is this guy a public defender? It's insane, man. So he thought that his goal would be to try to get a good plea deal. 
Like, just so, to try to avoid the death penalty. Okay, so real quick, just in regards to the public defender thing, isn't there something that, like, if you're wanting to go into some specific part of law, maybe that you actually ha- you're required to be a public defendant for, like, couple years or something like that it's almost like a residency kind of thing in medicine i'm not sure there's i want to say there's something like that so this sounds like one of those things that it's like i have no like fucking interest in doing like dealing with this and you just seem like a piece of shit and so i'm not really going to do my job well and you've got to think about how what they're hearing from the community yeah everybody thinks these boys did it sure like everybody thinks this case cut and dry why is it even going to court yeah you know yeah so Jesse's father, whenever he's with them, Jesse would insist he didn't do it. But when it was just Jesse and Stidham, Jesse would try his best to recite what he had told the police. There's always major inconsistencies. Fucking still. Because it didn't fucking happen. And he's trying it, yeah. to like fucking remember yeah. what he fucking said. He can't even remember his story because he kept changing it. Yeah. So towards the end of the summer, remember they got arrested early June, like June 3rd, 4th, 3rd or 4th. Yeah. Um, Stidham asked him, be honest, were you there or were you not? And Jesse said he wasn't. Mm. Stidham said, why would you have told me all this time you were there? And he said, well, because I didn't want to die in that electric chair. Stidham explained that Greg Crow, his other lawyer, mm. and Stidham were on Jesse's side. He realized Jesse didn't understand what a lawyer was just as a concept. Wow. Jesse thought the lawyer was another member of the police. Wow. He's been talking to this guy. This is the end of summer. And he's still thinking that his own lawyer is the police. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, like, I know. holy shit. I, know. I, I just, my heart goes out to this cat, man. <sighs> to all of them, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, well, they're fucking children. They're children. They're fucking children. I mean, Damien's so. 18, but he's just a punk kid, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, but dude, I, know. I, I will, I will go ahead and I will say that I, I didn't probably like, I should not have been considered an adult until probably my mid twenties. I was about to say maybe twenty five or yeah, so. Yeah, so, and I'm I'm just coming clean. Even so. then, every now and then, I'm like, are we? This is yeah. just me? Am I? Yeah, am I really responsible I'm, for I'm this on my shit? Own? <laughs> like, but <laughs> to this day, yeah, yeah right. I'm like, I, until my mid to late thirties. Oh shit, that's where like, I am I'm, right I'm, now. I, I, I might have pop tarts for dinner. Like, oh, yeah. are you sure I'm growing? Girl dinner. <laughs> <laughs> So Stidham said at the time that Jesse had a weird haircut and some tattoos and he looked like an ordinary everyday street thug. Once again, reminding you that this child is 5'1 and under 100 pounds. Street thug. Duh, man. Maybe in a anytime, cartoon? Anytime I hear street thug, I think 5'1, maybe 100 pounds. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the kind of person I'm the most afraid of I, like, dude, me on too. a street at night. Yeah. Whew. God, five, so, five, one hundred pounder comes mm, up to me. Out. Holy shit. They can't get mean, though, if you get them all. It's true. If you, so, get, if you get them all razzled. So, <laughs> and this is, um, these murders happened in May of 1993, okay? Jesse didn't even know who Bill Clinton was. <laughs> Bill Clinton has been president for months by now mm-hmm. and was mm. from their state of Arkansas where yeah. he had been governor. Everyone in Arkansas knew who Bill Clinton was. Presumably, the, most of the people in the country knew who the current president was. <laughs> who the current president was. Jesse didn't even know who he was. Wow, man. So. Presumably, though. Right. Yeah. Keyword. Yeah. yeah. So Stidham concluded, after Jesse had been in jail for two months, that Jesse actually had nothing to do with the crime and that his confession had been coerced. Then Stidham started to learn about false confessions. He told a reporter, we don't believe the state has any evidence except this wild story that Jesse made up. The whole world has a right to know what kind of investigation these cops pulled. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. Jesse asked him, here you go. Jesse asked him at one point who Satin was. Stidham didn't know what he meant. Jesse handed him a pamphlet that he had gotten from a preacher all about Satan. Jesse could barely read it. He thought it was about someone named Satin, like the fabric. Wow, dude. Stidham realized... Jesse had only heard of the devil and never knew he was also called satanic. So Stidham's blown away talking with his client, the confessed satanic killer who doesn't know who Satan is. Hmm. 
I mean, like this I'm, case is so sad, but it's it is, so it's laughable. It, how it is insane! La- it, it is. I can't believe that this was. You can't brought, help but laugh. Well, I can't believe that this was brought before anyone, and they weren't just like. You're joking, right? Yeah. Like, you guys are, like, you're fucking pulling my leg. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> and I did hear <laughs> at one point that when they found the bodies, um, I think it was Ridge was there. And Ridge goes, well, it looks like Damien finally murdered somebody. When they found the bodies. Oh my God. What the fuck? <sighs> I don't know if that's quoted in this book. If it is, I'll get to it at some point. But so yeah. far, I haven't got to it. So... On to Damien. After all the attorneys talked, that private investigator, Ron Lax, was going to work with Damien's two lawyers. Okay. Lax assumed in the beginning that all three defendants were guilty. He was supposed to interview Damien in jail. But on Tuesday, June 8th, four days after the arrest, Damien took an overdose of his antidepressant, Elevil. He had saved him up from the doses he had been administered, and he took several, and he was rushed to a hospital across town to have his stomach pumped. Mm-hmm. Um. Lax met with Damien several times, but most of his work fell to Glory Shettles, Lax's assistant, who, this is the PI's assistant, okay? Mm-hmm. She's a former parole officer, okay. former prosecutor's assistant, and has a master's in counseling. Okay. Your girl's got some stat, like yeah, some, no, uh, like, quite the resume. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. For the next nine months, she visited Damien around once a week. Damien told her his family had moved a lot. He didn't realize how poor they were until later, realizing that they lived in shacks with dirt floor and no indoor plumbing. Like, these kids came from nothing. Yeah, dude. Um, he was used to being picked on, and by the time he got to high school, he started carrying a dog skull that he had found because it made people leave him alone. So the news basically did have that part, right? Yeah. They said cat, but it was a dog. But still, like, he carried a skull around. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an animal skull. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like who wasn't picked on for something? If you found some sort of coping thing, you'd be like, fuck it. I'll carry the skull around that. I, I got picked on for listening to fucking backstreet boys. Yeah. Like people, fuck. every, everybody yeah. got picked on and like yeah. you get so fed up by it. You're going to be like, I found this thing that'll make people leave me alone. And now that's my whole personality. Now that's me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to shuttles that Damien turned to religion to try to make sense of life. I think that's what a lot of people do with religion. Uh, Protest- I mean, Protestant beliefs weren't helping him, so he turned to Catholicism, and then he turned to pagan beliefs. He also, um, his legal name was Michael, and then when he got adopted, he took his adopted father's last name, Eccles, and he changed his first name to Damien. Okay. But he said that that's when he was really into Catholicism, and there's somebody in Catholicism named Damien that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But then, like, it's it's terrible that you're talking to uh, well a, right. con- a convert and honestly I'm, I think he's an archangel or something maybe I don't remember uh. but but regardless <laughs> but then there's a uh, I know uh, probably my buddy um, my buddy <laughs> uh, fucking uh, Nathan is probably being like you son of a gun right like. Well, so uh, the movie The Omen. Yeah, his is the kid's name was Damien. And so, like, that was out around this time. Yeah. So people were like, well, not around, but it had been out. Yeah, yeah. And so people were like. It was a, it was a priest, Father Damien. Yeah. Saint yes, Damien. He, did, he said Molokai. it was a saint that he admired. That was, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. What was he the saint of? Uh, Demons. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. From what Exorcisms. I'm reading here. Uh, uh, loving, uh, loving charity and justice. Yeah. Oh man! Wow, how ironic! Oh fuck, the saint of justice. Fuck, yeah. that's wow. wild. Yeah, that's normal. Wow. Okay. Um. So then, but everybody was like, "Oh, he took the name Damien because he's satanic and and because uh, the omen." Shut up. Yeah. Everybody, shut up. <laughs> Make it fit your mold. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he turned to Catholicism, then he turned to pagan beliefs. Mm-hmm. He told Shettles that he started wearing black because Deanna, the ex-girlfriend, had told him that he looked good in black clothing. So before long, all of his clothing was black. He had this vampire look period where he put white powder on his face and wore these tiny sunglasses. <laughs> Oh my god! He like started inter- interview with the vampire yeah. vibes. <laughs> he started telling people that he drank blood. Look, we all knew weirdos in school, man. You wanted to seem Absolute, cool, absolutely, you know. Absolutely, yeah. 
Uh, he said he was getting a reputation of being a devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. And he told her that he, Jason, and Domini had been rest- arrested about a year and a half before the murders. Um, I forget what it was. Oh, I think that was the time that they were. No, that was Deanna that he ran away with that he got arrested that time. I don't even know. Yeah. They arrested him I'm for sure, everything. I'm sure it was something like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So. so after one of Lax's visits with Damien, he wrote that before Damien's arrest, Steve Jones had come by and had asked Damien why he hadn't been around. Damien said, because my probation is over. And Jones acted strange and gave him some info about the murders, including that someone had urinated in the mouth of one of the boys. When Damien repeated that to West Memphis PD later, they said Jones didn't know this and only someone at the murder scene would even have known. We will come back to that. I put that in my notes. I'm like reminding myself that like (laughs) a few paragraphs down, we come back to that. Got it. Lax and the lawyers were unable to find any mention of this in any of the reports. The Mm -hmm. West Memphis police had finally received those fucking autopsy reports after the arrest. And Mm -hmm. those also had no mention of the urine in the stomachs of any of the bodies. Yeah. So far, the defense team had only been provided just a little bit of the police department's files, and they're, like, super delayed getting them. So they're just sitting there, like, twiddling their thumbs, being like, I'd like to work on my case, please. Yeah. Can I have anything? Yeah. So um, they weren't aware that there were two documents in there from early on in the investigation where Gitchell and some unidentified West Memphis Police Department official had referred to the medical examiner's reported statements about finding urine in the victim's stomachs. So, like, they did know it early on, and who knows who else they mentioned it to. Yeah. You know? Jeez. Uh, Shettles realized that until their arrests, Damien and Jason had never thought they were in any actual trouble. Damien stayed arrogant, but then privately, now that he's arrested, it seemed like that was just a front. Like, mm-hmm. his hands shake when he talks. Sometimes he even cries. Mm-hmm. Shettles was supposed to learn about Damien's mental health history in order to help with sentencing if he was to be found guilty. Um, he told her he had had really severe headaches as a child. Like he said, he like pulled clumps of his hair out sometimes trying to like relieve how bad his head hurt. Yeah. Um, his brother rep- mother reported that he had suffered blackouts, but that they'd never been diagnosed. And like we said, the last one, he had a bunch of psych ward visits and mm-hmm. some outpatient counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, His mother reported that after his last hospitalization, he had been declared totally disabled by the Social Security Administration, and he started receiving monthly disability checks for $289. That's a lot of money in 93. Yeah. Um, Those stopped after his arrest, of course. Yeah. So by mid-July, Damien was telling Shackles, Shettles, that he was sleeping as little as two hours a night. He was visibly shaky. By August, he was hallucinating and showing signs of paranoia. I can't imagine why. (laughs) What? He told her in a letter that the police were doing something to his food and they were putting gas in his vents and they were doing something to his meds. Like he's losing it. Yeah. I mean, as you would like, I can't even imagine being put in this situation. No. By, and and especially at this age, like I can't imagine going through this now. No. Much less striking 20 years off of me kind of things. And, which is oh. weird to say. <sighs> Holy shit. And all you have is a public defender. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. God. Yeah. So. Oh, whatever, Larry. Thanks, because you're like fucking four or five years younger than us. What? I, no. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not arguing with oh, you. No, I just, you. Figured, I just figured I'd lash out <laughs> Was that at just you. at the despair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like taking all this in. I'm just like, oh. No, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm just fucking around. So in... <laughs> Around the middle of August, he began a hunger strike, which he told Shettles was because he had no desire to go to trial and he didn't think he would receive a fair trial. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so he told her he felt like a... At least he, he understood <laughs> he's, that. He's starting to realize. Uh, he mm-hmm. told her he felt like a walking razor blade. Uh, he begged his parents in a letter to get him a doctor because he thought he was having a nervous breakdown. No doctor ever came. So his mm. private writings, which the PIs didn't see... Mm-hmm. Um, the, the This book that I'm reading said that his private writings verged on madness and despair. Shettles and Lax feared that he was suicidal, but in his letters to Domini, who was pregnant with his child and due in the fall of 93, and to his family were almost sunny. He told her to tell her mom he said hi and that he hoped to be out in time to see their baby born. 
their trial dates haven't even been set. Like, wow, not yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> sorry, <sighs> sorry, you <dude>. said not dude. <laughs> not dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like I, I can never I not know. hear it. <laughs> not you guys dude. got not, not dude, <laughs> not dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Lax, unsurprisingly, noted that several parts of Jesse's confession for confession were questionable. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. His belief that the victims skipped Shit. school, his report of there being rope ligatures, which weren't there, mm-hmm. um, his confusion about the times and his claims that the boys had been choked to death. He said the entire statement appeared to be a leading type of inver- interview. Yeah, dude. Uh, he pointed out multiple instances where officers seemed to provide Jesse with answers. Damien told Shettles that Baptist ministers came to the jail to preach to him at least twice a week. Like, I can't get away. Please leave me alone. Yeah. Stop it. Well, can you not, like... Right? Literally refuse shit like that? I mean, it... it well... I, I don't I don't. They're know. in jail right now. They're not in prison. So, like, I don't... I don't know how I don't know. How I don't know how visitation works. works. Yeah, yeah, I really don't. Plus, maybe maybe priests and and clergy get like a different. I don't know. Yeah. So Lax is trying to make sense of more and more files as they're like trickling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was interested in this list that he found of forty people who were fingerprinted by the police, but surprise, there were no notes explaining why anybody was fingerprinted. Thanks, guys. Hmm. And other than Jesse's confession, Lax had still not received anything that could be considered evidence against the defendants. The defense didn't start to receive any records generated after the arrests until well into September. So the murders were May 5th. The arrests were June 4th. Oh, so it was May 5th. May 5th that the murders were. Yeah. June 4th that the guys were arrested. Okay, got you. He didn't start getting anything that happened in reports after their arrests till September. So all of June, all of July, all of August, late September, he starts getting stuff. Wow, oh, man. Yeah. Um, Lax read that Ridge returned to the site where the bodies had been found on July 1st, nearly a month after the arrest, two months after the murders, to look for evidence which may have been missed. I'm sorry. What? Two what, months? Like, guess what? Two months? He found some. Um. So Jesse had claimed that the victims had been beaten with a stick. He found two sticks. What? No. We're in the woods. We're in. This is in all these woods. You mean you telling me you found some foliage in the rainforest? I found found two sticks. I believe could be evidence. Nothing connect those to the crime other than being in that general location. But he still fucking took them back and entered them into evidence. Guys, um, there was a murder, and the victim's hair was wet. Are you a so golden I retriever? I found a stick. Like what? I went to the river, and guess what? I found water. Yeah. At the river? Fucking solid, ep- no. solid evidence. So, no, this is what I need to know. How big is the locker that we have access to? Because I need the whole river. I need to put all this river. <laughs> the entire river of the Mississippi. We're putting it all in evidence. I need it. I need it all in evidence. God. <laughs> So how how many Ziplocs we got? <laughs> Let me give you guys how a, many Olympic size pools uh, do we have to contain this Mississippi River? Exactly. So Lax, the PI, noticed how many items have been sent off from the defendant's homes to test for genetic material. Nearly 600 items. They had fingerprints and blood and urine samples. Okay. More than 100 items of clothing. 87 hair samples, 17 knives, three fucking sticks, three hammers, three ropes, two razors, an ice axe, a candle, a hook, a mask, and a mason jar of water. This is just a plethora of bullshit. It's starting to read like a clue game. It literally is. Like, Like, was it the ice axe? Yeah, was it the ice axe and the observatory? Observatory. 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 Observatory by Colonel Mustard. Um, So they test all that shit, and all they found were a few fibers that were said to be microscopically similar to fibers in homes of two of the defendants. No. Blacks considered this an infinitesimal amount of circumstantial evidence. These are fibers from like mass produced, like Walmart clothes that you could buy at any store in the country. Well, plus. Guys, I have our smoking gun. I found a piece of gravel 
And this person lives on a gravel driveway. Case closed. So, Lock them yeah. up, boys. Seriously. Yeah. Like, why, why are we even talking about this? It was. I, th- yeah, I mean, come on. I, it was it's seriously like a like. Plus, we like, found a green f- fiber, and uh, his mom has a green blouse. So, there you go. What? Well, on St. Patrick's think, Day, I would think of that, all that like okay, fibers in these homes. These they probably live in similar homes. Yeah. That are literally stamped out. Yeah. That it's like whatever trailers also, they, or whatever, they, you know. They walk everywhere, so you're going to carry different fibers. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, this is yeah. circumstantial. God. Evidence is like literally yeah. the. Two oh months after the fact. Two months that. after. Like, well, that was insane. when he found the stick. This this is how long oh, it took. Shit. So yeah. the oh, shit. Oh, he found really the stick. The yeah. stick was, Good fucking yeah. detective work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, Great. Thank you. Good job. So, Good job. So October 7th, Lax met with Detective Bray. <laughs> the third Bray. stick was a beetle dick. <laughs> no, Did he find kidding. fucking True North with those sticks? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he was actually like, so, dividing water. water. Yeah, he was dividing water. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love that we both just instantly. I know. I know. We, we, we pulled out our divining rods, man. Holy shit. Okay, so October 7th, Lax met with Detective Bray, who brought out a sheet of paper. This dude and this fucking list. I hate this list. Bray told him. I love lists. This list sucks. Yeah, I do love lists, not this one. Bray told. Imagine if this guy was proficient with Excel. He would have a whole fucking worksheet. Oh, God. I don't even want to think about it, Larry. Oh, God. Can you just, I can just picture it. Damien wears black a lot. Yeah. Case closed. Damien, <laughs> devil name. He would have pivot tables that would point to every fucking thing this in the world. This guy could never do a pivot table. Uh-uh. So this guy gets out his fucking paper list, and he, he tells Lax, when I first heard of these murders, I wrote down this list of people that I knew were responsible. So he shows him a list of the eight names, and on that list is Damien, Jason, Jesse, and Dominique, Damien's now pregnant girlfriend. Mm. Bray couldn't specify why these people came to mind, but he just kept being like, well, I, there's rumors. I hear tale. And okay. And God. So. And so this is, uh, this is how we do like investigative work. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. Gut, gut feelings about God. people. Cool. Well, you know, in West in West Memphis, right. border in Arkansas, that's how it's done, man. You know, West Jeez. Memphis is in Arkansas. It's true. Well, you know, <laughs> just trying to save you, man. It's just, just ignore okay. that fact that I said that. Uh, so, I'll bleep it out. Like you just cursed a lot. <laughs> You're like, Lord, sure considering the stuff they do say, what did they bleep out? <laughs> so Flax nah. then met with Gitchell and Ridge. And he asked them what at the scene pointed to satanic cults. And they were like, well, it's because the scene was so clean and had no evidence. What? 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 Hold on. What? You Whoa. know, Satanists, famous for their rituals and also their cleanliness. It's really funny Fuck how yes. much they, they really do a good job of like cleaning up. If I needed Fucking to hire a house cleaner, I would get a Satanist. Satanist. Dude, I'm telling you, they clean carpets like no oh, one. Oh, man. Bloodstains. They got Don't it. Know. Yeah. Stanley, it. Stanley Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they said they, they didn't think Jason had been in trouble before, but Jesse was mean as a snake. Mean. Ain't a crime. <laughs> Means a crime. Lock me the fuck up. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I mean, right? yeah. uh, <laughs> They also said Damien was the ringleader, and they cited his psychological problems and said that they expected his defense to be insanity. Um, I'm almost done with my notes for this one. Yeah. All right. So Hell the yeah. pretrial motion. I was going to say. I, we're getting there. We're, we're, yeah, we we're getting there. Yeah, cool. we're getting perfect, there. Cool, cool, perfect, perfect, perfect. perfect. So the pre-trial motions, there was a shit ton of pre-trial motions because yep. the defense mm. was trying anything they could. Oh, I mean, sounds like it. Well, when they... Oh, you mean the intern? I'm sorry. No, I'm, I was thinking uh, prosecutors. Well, so, yeah. But, God, yeah, the interns were would, trying as much as they possibly fucking they could. They were. They, they were, were still attending. They, they were in... They got out of six period no. to go to like... <laughs> no. their, 
work their workforce the, fucking the par- period, yeah the know? paralegals from the like local <laughs> community college they were like <laughs> fucking fast tracking it to like the court i am so know? sorry that i'm a couple minutes late for the uh the hearing judge i i they kept me late at burger king this afternoon I seriously just, i'm here now though sorry i yeah. smell like whoppers I had, and the, the shitty part is that i had home ec right before yeah. that so my it's God. just been a day we were making creme brulee today it was just tricky stuff yeah honestly uh, I, I my clothes might be singed a little bit Bit, the fucking like little hand torch it just wasn't working right so anyway so uh <laughs> on august 4th damien jason and jesse had their first pre-trial hearing judge david burnett told a reporter that he had read a book about satanism for information purposes to prepare for the case judge no one asked you to do this what are you doing stop it the judge told the defendants that they were each charged with three counts of capital felony murder and asked how they pleaded each replied not guilty Judge Burnett had a history of police work and then served eight years as a prosecuting attorney before being elected as a judge. Some people considered him friendly and smart and a good old boy, but critics said that he was still a cop and a prosecutor at heart. So it's it's not looking good for the defense. Yeah. Burnett was outspoken in saying that the field of psychology shouldn't have a place in a courtroom. Oh, fuck. That'll be important. All the way. Yeah. So he first ruled that Jesse would be tried separately from the two defendants that Jesse had accused. He also gave them a deadline to plead guilty by reason of insanity, saying that if they don't request mental examinations to go forward with that within 30 days, they're waiving that possibility. Like, he just, like, just decided this. The deadline Mm. came and went. None of the three wanted to plead insanity. Their lawyers planned to base their defenses on claims of actual innocence. It's it's actually really fascinating to me uh, the power that judges have. Yes. In in regards to just being like, well, this is how I run my courtroom. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm not allowing this. But but hang on. And you can't say any words with the letter E in them. Yeah. So think hard before you talk. It's it's, that's really fascinating to me. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So the six defense attorneys asked the judge through a motion, hey, how much are we going to get paid? Like, um. Wow. Also, when? Wow. But, um, I'm actually concerned. Is that what you're concerned about? Well. Is that what you're. That's their living. And this is their full time caseload right now. Like, so you should be. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I can't, man. So, th- and they were like, we're going to be spending hundreds of hours on this case and we're worried we won't be paid until after the whole case is over. And who knows yeah. how long that'll wait, be. Wait, wait, yeah. did you say the jury? No, or no, no, no. They, they, she was talking about the, the uh, prosecutor, the, attor- the, the defense attorneys, the attorneys, defense the defense attorneys. attorneys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. No, there's no jury yet. Um, so they were worried they wouldn't get paid till after the case was over. The judge just said, don't worry. You'll obviously be paid reasonable fees. That's it. Uh, cool. Great. I thank you so much for that answer, Judge. What the fuck's a reasonable yes. case? Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, Don't worry about that. Don't worry about Oh, you got bills to pay? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Yeah. They'll understand. So as the boys were taken to court four times between August and November, there were a lot of, of pretrial motions that the defendants didn't have to be there for, just the attorneys. The actual defendants went to court four times between August and November. Um, Jason and Jesse both walked like really quietly, their heads down. Jesse, the one that's five one, like kind of like scrunches himself up, like he's trying to make himself even smaller. Yeah, like Damien, well, fucking pitiful man. Yeah. Damien didn't. Yeah, Damien blew kisses at the victim's family after one families after one court appearance, as they were calling him a Satan worshiper and telling him he would burn in hell. So it's like he just keeps feeding into. He this. does, but it's also like <sighs> he doesn't understand the gravity of the fucking situation. Yeah, yeah. He has I mean, the wrong a, and even still, then, he's still trying to seem cool. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, like Ali said on last week. You know, he's still kind of like I didn't do it, so I'm just gonna yeah play this off as a joke. Like, there's no way that I'm gonna get like he, he's edge lording in the worst way yes. or at the worst possible yes. moment kind yes. of shit mm-hmm. so shuttles told him that this behavior is a bad look and mm. like look i believe you that you're innocent but like you got to remember these families are suffering like yes. they are grieving their children are dead regardless of whether or not you killed their kids yeah their kids are dead yeah and it's like Whatever you're doing is not helping. But it's like, you yeah. know, I was thinking about this and like, I, I wasn't like super tough as a teen, but yeah. like I was an asshole. And if you keep taunting me and keep taunting me, I'm going to be nasty back. Yeah. I could see myself doing this and like, 
how much are you thinking about consequences when you're fucking 18? No. You know? Well, dude, Nine. you're fucking invincible. Right? So. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, oh, you want to taunt me? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. So in one of the hearings, one of the defense lawyers, Robin Wadley, who was representing Jason, asked Ridge about the search warrant and what the phrase cult materials and then in parentheses, satanic materials meant exactly. Mm-hmm. And Ridge just kept being like, well, you know, things having to do with uh, groups of people. Like, he just kept... Then he finally was like, well, books, reading materials, drawings, knives, anything of that nature. What nature? <laughs> what are you saying? Like, you're just... What? God, dude, insane. I'd, we'll know it when we see it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <sighs> so, uh... Prosecutor Fogelman had been issuing prosecutor subpoenas, which is a way to allow him mm. to question witnesses under oath before the trials, which like apparently prosecutor subpoenas are like rarely used. Okay. Um, one of these was used to question the family that Damien's family had said they went to visit on the evening of the murders. Okay. The family confirmed this. Lax, RPI, mm. wrote in his notes about attending this interview along with a lawyer from West Memphis who had been appointed by Judge Burnett to represent Damien's family at that testimony. Lax introduced himself to this court-appointed lawyer, and the lawyer said, you know, Damien's guilty. They found that boy's penis and testicles in a glass jar in Damien's bedroom. This is the guy representing Damien's family at the... What? Lax told him that was not true. And the lawyer said it was. You need to check your sources. Chris Byers' missing body parts were never recovered. Lax is like, I wonder what those sources were. And I can't help but wonder if some of it's police. Like, who's saying this? Yeah. So the defense asked to question Gitchell, Allen, and Ridge under oath before the trials, saying it would only be fair. The judge said, nah, the state's got a bigger burden to prove the defendants are guilty. And the defense will get all the state's reports. Mm fucking win can i have those yeah and the defense attempted to suppress jesse's confession because of the police tactics used but those were denied stidham one of jesse's lawyers said they had terrified jesse when they showed him a photo of a corpse and then played him a recording of aaron hutchinson's disembodied voice saying nobody knows what happened but me they didn't tell him that was aaron they just played him this recording Stidham said it was a tragedy to admit a confession made by a minor under these circumstances. Yeah, fully agree. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Jason's lawyers also asked to have his trial separated from Damien's. That was denied. Damien's lawyers asked to have his trial separated from Jason's. That was denied. Judge Burnett reminded them that he would instruct the jury to treat the defendants separately. <laughs> so, I mean, Judge Burnett seems pretty like... He's a stand-up dude. Sounds like uh-huh. it. the lawyers asked to try jesse who's 17 and jason who's 16 as juveniles denied jesse's lawyers called a psychologist to testify at a pretrial hearing who explained that his iq scores were around 70 and that he had a scholastic level of the third grade at most and had never passed any of the state's minimum standard tests judge burnett asked if the psychologist believed that jesse had developed street smarts and the psychologist said no he functions marginally what street smarts street smarts what are you john mulaney so the lawyers did get the trials moved out of crittenden county but still in the same district so like not far yeah um going into court for another pretrial hearing damien told shuttles that once they were in court that the victim's families had yelled and cursed him again calling him a faggot murderer I really hesitate about whether to say uh, it or not, but I was like, I, it's going to be awkward. It needs to be said. And it is a quote, literally quote. Yeah, yeah, that's what they called him. Yeah. yeah, And he said he couldn't control himself, and he turned around and he said, fuck you. Mm-hmm. But he had at least not yelled it. And Shettle said that Damien appeared really angry at himself. Like, he's, he's listening, but then it's again like, you're going to yell this at me, and I'm not allowed to even react? Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I dig. Also, yeah. I'm a little fucking stressed out, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Like, Think about the situation he's in, you know? So Damien told his lawyers about this too. And one of them walked out with Damien when they left the courthouse. And Shettles wrote in her report that when that lawyer came back in, he was shocked by the verbal assaults that he had heard. Like, this guy's a defense lawyer, man. Yeah. He's heard some stuff. Mm. All right. Almost to the end. (laughs) Six months after these murders, 
The case looked to have only Jesse's retracted confession to present against him, only Damien's weirdness to present against him, and virtually nothing to present against Jason. I imagine. Yeah. Then Fogelman decided to search the lake behind the trailer where Jason lived. How many, how many months are we, we in are at this point in time? six months after the murders. Oh, now they're searching a lake. Oh, guess what they're going to find? Uh, mud. Oh, you, you wait. Just wait. <laughs> they said, well, I know. remembered. Uh-huh, I remember this. Uh-huh. So they said, we're going to search the lake behind that trailer where Jason lived. Mm. Oh, that'd be a really, if I was going to dump evidence, that'd be a good place to put it. So the Arkansas State Police sent a team of pro divers on November 17th. One diver entered the lake between Damien and Jason's homes and found a nine-inch survival knife with a jagged blade. The diver had found the knife 47 feet behind Jason's trailer. The knife resembled what Deanna had described that Damien owned. Fogelman claimed that it couldn't have been planted because no one but the police knew they were going to do that search. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, because the, you have the to police, trust them at this point. Well, the police can't plant stuff. No, that's never happened, actually. No, 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 no. They have a code of ethics that they have to abide uh-huh, by, uh-huh. so... And they always do. But yeah, yeah, of course. there was a photo that ran with the front page article the next day that showed a diver still neck deep in the water, still wearing his diving mask, holding up that knife. How did that reporter know to be there to take that photo at the search? Hmm? Hmm? And as last Very podcast convenient. says, that's where we will pick up next week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Holy sh- Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I I'm, feel like I'm I sped through that one. I'm, I'm going to give it to you, Allie, because you deserve this. That was amazing. Yeah, that that's was amazing. phenomenal. Thanks. And once again, we had the studio audience. Audience, what do you guys think about Allie's presentation for Untethered 100 Part 2? Oh, oh you're too kind. Folks. Well, standing O, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. I, I can't get enough of this case. It's so, it's infuriating. It is, I keep it is saying insane, that word, but dude. it is. No, it is insane. It's insane. <sighs> it is just like, it is, uh, God, it is, it is. It is a miscarriage of justice all yes. over the place. Yeah. I mean, it is one, one thing after the next, man. Yeah. Fucking A. It's rough. Holy hell. All right. Well, uh, we are going to have to uh, sign off um, for Untethered number 100, part two. Uh, we will have part three next week, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. So, um, so definitely uh, be on the lookout for us. Uh, yeah. If you want to hit us up, tetherradio at gmail.com. We're on all of the uh, socials with the exception of threads because that's not really a social. It's just a trash fire. So. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. No one. But we're no on. one's doing that. X going to come at or what, what is What was X that song? X going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. Anyway. Uh, you uh, thought it was exhibit, you <laughs> fucking plebe. I know. I'm sorry. sorry. What, what, what was the big exhibit song? I don't know that he had a big song. I thought he had one. Anyway. He did. It was something else. Okay. It wasn't that. Uh, okay, I'll show my fucking self out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so uh, hit us up if you guys want to. Tetherradio at gmail.com. Um, yeah, man. I think that's uh, that's all uh, Allie has yeah, for, for Untethered today. 100 mm-hmm. Part 2, man, of the West Memphis 3. So hope you guys enjoyed this uh, as much as you can enjoy true crime. Um, and, uh, man... I guess that's about it. So I'm Daniel. I'm Allie. I'm Larry. And thank you guys for joining us for uh, right around an hour for the West Memphis 3. Uh, have a fantastic weekend. Check out the full episode on Monday. And until then, take it easy, friendos. Bye. Bye. <laughs>